Ice Podcast. What was that? Scary. Come listen to the Weird Podcast. <laughs> it's the Halloween episode. We're, e- <laughs> We're eating Smarties and drinking fizzy water. We're being scary. We've got a special Halloween episode. Boom. Oh. Come on down to the lab and see what's on the slab. <laughs> I see you quiver with anticipation. Say it! Say it! Patience! That was fine. <laughs> hmm? Hey, you well, cut that out now. Well, Craig, here we are. I'm it's almost Craig. Halloween. I'm not Craig. <laughs> Igor. You call me Boris. <laughs> You're the Boris. I'll be Igor tonight. You're the right height. This is weird. You're weird. And tonight we've got weird stories, but they're all Halloween focused. Is it? Is it a coincidence that it's episode two, two, two? Oh, so spooky. <laughs> if you turn it upside down, it's <laughs> five, five, five. No. Oh, it's the prefix of movie phone. Oh, it's actually not five, five, five. If you turn it upside down, it's more like a seven with a curled end. But welcome, seven, seven, welcome seven. to the special Halloween episode Ooh, Welcome to the Halloween edition. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a Monday episode, which means that we don't have any uh, any we don't have any stories. This is it. This no, is this is the whole podcast. Happy Halloween, everybody! everybody go have some candy. <laughs> That would be awesome. Hey, let's get right into this. You want to hear the top story? Um, you, you're not used <laughs> top story. <laughs> top story. <laughs> Freaky Halloween stories that are totally true. That's tonight's episode title. Yes, yes. Craig, Halloween's I, upon us. You know, here are uh, here's here's the first five stories came so from the same site, and these your made up mind. No, they're they're true stories. Uh, he was walking in the lab late one night. It makes him much more frightful due to the fact that they're true. Ooh. So, Boris, please continue. <clears throat> and we'll take these one. You you do one. I'll do one because uh, we got five uh, five uh, short uh, little uh, true uh, stories. I'm aware how it okay, works. Okay. I'm, aware, I'm, okay. aware, I'm aware. I'm aware how it works. Okay. 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 <clears throat> okay. 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 Halloween is upon us. Here are five scary stories made that. Much more frightening. Fr- fright. <laughs> I've lost the ability to speak. Let me try that again. Halloween is upon us. Here are five scary stories made that much more frightful do. This is not even a real sentence. Well, don't read it. Don't read it. Do you remember what uh, Vincent Price said at the beginning of Thriller? I want to know what I was just trying to read. <laughs> okay, here's how it goes. Here's what you're, Halloween is upon us. Here are five scary stories Got that part. made that much more frightful oh. due to the fact that they're true. That was just <laughs> that was just a that was just a very poorly structured. No, you sentence. just don't know how to read. With Halloween just around the corner? You didn't answer my question. What? What did Vincent Price say at the beginning of uh, Thriller? Well, it was in the middle of the video. Oh yeah, it was in the middle. Yeah, what did he say? Do you remember? Uh, something comes against the sky. This time of year. No, what does he say? Uh, something gold, ghouls reappear. Yeah. Something frightening. Something, something. Oh, you don't remember. I don't remember it either. I don't either. Something in Maverick was Tom Cruise's character. Too bad. Too bad we can't remember that because that would be great. Anyway. Go ahead. Finish Finish up. With Halloween just around the corner, tis the Wednesday season. to be exact. Right. Tis the season for creepy stories in our favorite horror movies marathoned on TV. Sometimes, though, the scariest tales are rooted in fact. After all, some of our favorite movie villains were based on real serial killers or criminals. It was um, Halloween. 
uh, based. No, Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based yeah. on a true story. Ed Gein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. My good friend Ed Gein. Not to be confused with Ed Knight. Who's that? Ted Knight. That's Ted Knight. I thought I should turn the lights off so it's scarier. <laughs> Go ahead. Whatever. No. Uh, the Wandering Soul tapes. Oh. And I don't mean like Soul Train or... A soul... Oh, that's scary. Now you think about it. Oh, the Soul Train. That actually sounds... Which direction is your Soul Train going? <laughs> and... Yeah. Don Cornelius killed himself. Oh, stop it. The ghost of Don Cornelius is in the story. Uh, you don't know that. In Vietnamese culture, Don uh, was not Vietnamese. It is essential to properly bury a loved one in their homeland so as to ensure their contentment in the afterlife. If not, the belief is that the deceased soul will wander aimlessly as it tries to find its way home, which is a lot like me on a normal day. Yeah, me too. During the Vietnam War... The North Vietnamese and Viet Cong were aware that the conflict would take many uh, many fighting far from their home villages, meaning that if they died, they most certainly would end up as wandering souls. U.S. forces exploited these beliefs as a psychological scare tactic. North American troops created a tape of disembodied, tormented voices and played it on loudspeakers as they flew planes over the jungle, known as Ghost Tape Number Ten. Oh, I got all their albums. The uh, tonight's band name, Ghost Tape Number Ten. Ghost Tape Number Ten. The fear tactic. That's a good Halloween band name. Or maybe just shorten it to Ghost Tape Ten. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, I like that better. Yeah. Uh, the fear tactic had been specifically created by sound engineers who drew from methods used for spooky television and radio broadcast. Um, the voices, some of them children, oh, that's out, a foul. Called out to Vietnamese. Well, no, this is war, man. War, <laughs> man. <laughs> she stole my heart and my cat. So I brought that up at, at uh, this week to somebody that I really wasn't aware. Of. This is at the office. I'm really surprised and and and. Actually, somebody put, yep, uh, so I married an axe murder. They yeah, knew oh, it. really? They knew it. Oh, I was so, it was a proud moment. Anyway, um, they called out in Vietnamese, warning them to flee, lest they end up uh, damned to the bad place. Oh. That's not a bad word, by the way. No, it's not. I didn't say it as a bad word. No, you did good. You did good. Yeah. And what's funny is I said the first word, but then I didn't say the second word. But what is wrong with me? What is wrong with you? Internal damnation is what I could have said. Yes, that would have worked. It worked. And oh, it often, did work. And often led to Vietnamese troops running from their positions in a panic, which was precisely what the American troops had hoped for. E- uh, even after the Vietnamese soldiers figured out it was a rec- just a recording playing from flyovers, it was so unnerving that they would abandon their posts just to escape the eerie sounds that played on an endless loop throughout the night. And you know in the jungle, man... You know uh, where you are? Jungle man... <laughs> You in the jungle, baby. No, you know in the jungle that that stuff carries creepy. I mean, you know the the in you know woods or for you know in the forest or whatever. You can imagine the jungle, the echoing creepiness that that would cause. Yes. Okay. You talked about you know I said it was a foul that they added kids' voices. Right. Well, listen to this because this this is a song I used to listen to, and it, even as a child, it it freaked me out now it's okay this is a kiss song from the destroyer album and it's okay well that's why it freaked you out (laughs) we can play a little bit of it because simply because uh, we talked about it so i'm going to play some right now okay that creepy now listen it keeps going i'm just gonna play a little bit did you hear the opening note It sounds like a scary song, doesn't it? 
Okay, that's enough. That's enough. But Kill used, it. Burn it. As a kid, that used to scare me. And I guess you can see why. But I still enjoy it. I listen to that quite often, even to this day. Well, you, you probably should branch out a little. <laughs> okay, it's my turn. Remember when uh, Gene Simmons was in REO Speedwagon? No, he would never was. Okay, he, next story. He, he would never was? He would never was. The Tucker Telephone. You remember the Tucker Telephone, don't you? Uh, no. If you were unfortunate enough to be imprisoned at the Tucker State Prison Farm in the early 1960s in Arkansas, you would have had the misfortune of experiencing one of the most hellacious torture devices ever invented. Now, these torture devices were for real. Back in the 60s, they didn't care. I mean, there were no laws against it. Was it like the the DMV? Kind of. A prison physician named Dr. A.E. Rollins devised a torture device to punish any unruly prisoner, which he fashioned out of an old crank telephone. Oh, no. An electric generator. When you crank it, it would actually shock you. And two dry cell batteries. Now, the thing was, he'd made him make a, he, he, the only number it would call was Hillary Clinton's. Yes. And so everybody that, <clears throat> I need a lozenge. <laughs> For the treatment. What's wrong with you? A prisoner would be brought into a hospital room. No, but she wouldn't answer when they call. <laughs> no. That's the bit you didn't add. <laughs> That's good. For, for the treatment, a prisoner would be brought into a quote-unquote hospital room where they would be strapped down to a table, two wires applied to their skin, the ground wire would be wrapped around their big toe, oh and the gosh. hot wire through which the electricity would run was attached somewhere you don't want it attached. Yeah, yeah. And the crank was no, turned. No, no. no. The no, crank no. was turned, and the prisoner got a shock. Particularly long sessions of torture were cheekily referred to as long-distance calls, but the torture was no laughing matter. In addition to permanent damage, many of the prisoners who received the treatment went completely insane. What's worse, Craig, the the device, this device was still in use when we were alive. Oh, my gosh. 1968 is when they stopped using this that's thing. That's crazy. We were, that's terrible. You want to hear the next scary one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I sound like a monkey, but anyway, <laughs> dial death. I thought I just did that story. <laughs> sounds the same. Kind of. Sounds, sounds the same. Coincidence or not? Coinky dinky or not? A mobile phone company got spooked enough by a certain phone number that they've discontinued it. The cell phone number 0888-888-888 was issued to three people in a 10-year period, all of whom died Good night. while having it. Good grief. The first owner of the cell phone company himself, who died of cancer in his late 40s back in 2001, many believed he was slowly being poisoned by a competitor for years up until his death. Ooh, a conspiracy. The next person who inherited the number a couple of years later in 2003 was gunned down while checking on his million-dollar drug smuggling empire. Okay, well, that's kind of... Well, it's weird that he had the same number. It is, but if you're a drug dealer, it's not really surprising you're going to get gunned down. Yeah, but the surprising thing is he's the one that had that number. But he he was a drug dealer. It's an evil number. The last victim was an estate agent. Evil number. Can I say... Talk about the third person. Evil number. The last victim was an estate agent who was secretly running a massive cocaine operation. Whoa. <laughs> cocaine operation. Be careful. Easy. He was assassinated after acquiring the cell phone number in 2005. Okay, so two of these people were drug dealers. This is not a surprise they were killed. Doesn't matter no, what number no, they had. No, it does Now, the weird thing is, is they were given this number. But they, and were, they died but, but so they young. Were, but they were going to die anyway. They were well, drug we're dealers. They were going to die. No, but the, the only one. That doesn't make the only one that the, the first guy had cancer 
and he died. Right. The next two were asking to get gunned down anyway. But they had that number. It doesn't matter. While the deaths were investigated, the number was period. The weird thing here is not that people died, okay? These two guys were going to die early because they were in that field. Right. The weird thing is they had this number. But what makes it weirder than another guy that died at the same time who it's didn't have the number? number. It's not the number. No, it is. It's the three people. They were in consecutive order who had this number died young. Agree to disagree, sir. I disagree to agree with you. While the deaths were investigated, the number was periodically kept dormant by law enforcement, but it seemed that whenever it was brought out of retirement and reassigned, a death soon followed. But after after a third death in 10 years, the cell phone company suspended the number for good but gave no comment on the persistent superstition that it was death's number. Give me the number. No. Yes. No, you can't have the number. I need you as a co-host. Can't kill me any more than doing this podcast. <laughs> the next story. Can't be any deader. Headline is the infield horror. 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 Ah! Oh, so That's his high range, I guess. Enfield, Illinois. Dateline, Enfield, Illinois, 1973. <laughs> Henry McDaniel and his wife arrive home after an evening out and are greeted by their two young children, Lil and Henry Jr., who were rightly terrified to report to their parents that a strange was that, thing... That was, that, you know what that was? Haunted candy wrapper. <laughs> a strange thing had tried to get through their front door. Was, it a, was it, it a Mormon? <laughs> Chalking it up to the overactive imaginations of children, the McDaniels thought little of it. But later that night, after they settled in, Henry Sr. was disrupted by a strange scratching at the front door. Uh-huh. I'm scared. When he opened it, to his horror, Something streaked back at him. Streaked? Stared. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yes, they call it the streak. Get your mind out of the gutter, man. Don't look, Ethel. Don't look, Ethel. When he opened the front door to his horror, something stared back at him that he recalled had three legs on it. It was a tripod. It was Somebody a, left their tripod out there. It was a dog with. It was a dog that answered to Lucky. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> had three legs. <clears throat> Got to get back to scary mode. <clears throat> had three legs on it. A short body, two little short arms. I'm going to use my good hand and two <laughs> pink eyes. It had pink. Well, stay away from that. You need an two, ointment to cure that. Two pink eyes as big as flashlights. It stood four and a half feet tall and was grayish colored. It was trying to get in the house, Craig. This little monster. Wow. Yeah, so, so Henry Sr. ran for his pistol, shot at the thing. After it bounded across the yard, he called the police. They were dubious, despite the fact that just half an hour before being the called were there? the McDaniels home, they had received a report of a child in the neighborhood being attacked by some creature of similar description while playing in his backyard. Henry Sr. saw the thing several nights later again, and when he called the cops again, they began to threaten him with incarceration if he kept blabbing about it all over town. McDaniels' silence didn't do much to stop the legend from spreading, and soon, monster hunters swarmed Enfield, scouring the woods at night for the thing that would be called the Enfield Horror. Horror, 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 horror. <laughs> Cryptozoologists have continued to investigate the creature, some even claiming to have recorded its screams on tape. That's what Kiss used at that song. Up right. Lip, but no explanation has ever been found. Wow, that's scary. Hey! I told you. Hey! Okay. Hey! <laughs> How you doing? Number stations. Number stations? Like Channel 4? Channel know. 5? Whatever happened to good old-fashioned espionage? 
I don't know. I guess it's still around, right? Uh, not in, the old-fashioned guy. In the tech-dependent world of today, where cybercrime gets its own investigative department within the CIA and FBI, the concept of shortwave uh, radio-based war crime seems pretty tame, except it's not at all. And in fact, it's just one of the creepiest things to exist ever. 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 It began with Morse code, but eventually casual radio listeners began hearing the unsettling tones of women and children's voices reading out a seemingly random string of letters and or numbers often accompanied by various beeps and blips, the robots, and uh, as interval noises between these broadcasts. It was almost immediately assumed assumed that these were coded messages intended for Cold War spies. Interesting. And while, scary. While technology and time have marched forward, these number, uh, number stations are still used, and it's thought to be one of the most convenient and foolproof methods methods for uh, communicating with field agents precisely because it seems so passe nowadays nowadays while intelligence service to agent communication in the leading is the leading theory on the existence of number stations uh, there are still some historians and researchers who think it's all the result of an extremely well executed and elaborate prank but given the enormous number of radio stations and all the languages in which all these messages are transmitted it would be a billion dollar, 50 some odd year prank, which Good seems grief. pretty far fetched. The concept of a number station seems to have finally migrated to the internet. These Twitters, Twitters? Yeah, Twitters. These Twitters. Yeah, these Twitters. It should be these Tweeters. Twitters. These Twitters behave much like their radio predecessors, but the jury is still out on their validity. Okay, I can, I can kind of. Add a I, think, this. I think what actually what actually lends itself to that story is the creepiness of what it sounds like over the radio. Yes, we need our friend Tim involved with this story. Yeah, because he runs shortwave radio. Yeah, I used to own, I used to do shortwave radio, and it's different well, than well, ham radio because you weren't tall enough to do the tall wave radio. <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, scanning around the dial on a shortwave radio, you do pick up all kind of channels. Some of them are Morse code. Still today, there's Morse code being transmitted over radio. And that's, that's the type of thing they're talking about. Yeah. Okay, that wraps up our, our first five stories. But now we have a listener-submitted story for this special Halloween episode. This comes to us from Gentleman Prude. Super listener, Gentleman Prude. Super listener. This headline is, This man sued a haunted home for being too scary. Say what? Back in 2011, Griffin went through the haunted hotel in San Diego, California. You know what San Diego means, don't you? What? I can't tell you. Okay. For those unfamiliar, the haunted hotel actually runs three separate attractions, including the haunted trail where the incident took place. As Griffin passed through the marked exit, he thought the coast was clear. Because he he was on the coast. Yeah, and it was clear. It was clear night. That was until a character with a chainsaw jumped out in front of him, scaring him and causing him to start running. In the haunt business, this is called the Carrie effect. Great movie, Carrie. Uh, named well, it, after, it is exactly what this next sentence is. Named after the iconic Stephen King movie where the audience is made to believe the scares are so, over. So don't, don't blow I'm not, it. I'm not going to blow it, but it's it's... It was one of the first times, pretty much part of the first it time. It scared. I had nightmares. An audience thought they were safe. Yeah, they thought that the credits were about to roll. Yeah, they thought yeah. they were safe, and then something happens, and it's it's such a good. Oh, good movie. it got me. It got me as a kid bad. As many of us know who have attended dozens of haunts over the years, I think that's like haunted houses. Yes. That's not often the case. As Griffin started running away from the chainsaw, Peter Griffin. 
which naturally had no chain for safety reasons. He fell down and injured his wrist. Here's the best part, Craig. He believed that the haunted hotel was responsible for his injury. Well, why wouldn't they be? According to the claim. In today's day and age, why wouldn't they be? According to the claim, which recently reached a California courtroom, uh, they must have had to take well, it by carrier say, what, pigeon. They, what, they, <laughs> they drive it there? Griffin what? says that any scares that happen beyond the exit can be perceived as real danger. That kind of makes sense, actually. Yeah, if it's not within the realm of, you know, who knows some crazy yeah. person didn't show up. Yeah. Further, he believes that haunted hotels shouldn't train their actors to scare people beyond the marked exit. It gets even better. Haunted Hotel says that the marked exit of the Haunted Trail was not real and, in fact, there to give you a false sense of security. Of course they're going to say that. It's the carry effect. Furthermore, on the website for the attraction, 2011, it clearly states, our creatures will not grab you. However, they may accidentally bump into you. Oh, you will be scared, all right, and try to run away. But in the end... Apparently, you won't be able to go, shh, anymore. (laughs) You will be scared quiet. (laughs) <laughs> but in the end, our creatures will chase you down like the chickens that you are. It also goes on in the frequently asked questions section. You will not be grabbed or pushed and warned running is the main cause of minor injuries. And I thought that was the main rule of any of these places is they're not allowed to touch. Right. That is. Yeah. Make sure. Unless you, you go to one of the extreme ones where people pay a lot of money to be. That's terrible. Those are awful. Those are awful. For people to actually be. I've seen video of some scarred. of those. That's dumb. Yes. Uh, the judge threw out Griffin's case while citing inherent risk. What matters most here, at least in California, is that injuries that occur as a result of being at a particular type of attraction are not the fault of the owner. This doesn't mean haunted house owners can't be sued. One has to prove that the injury put a paying customer in unreasonable, harmful situations. Haunted Hotel claimed that uh, somewhere between 10 to 15 people had also fallen as a result of being chased by the chainsaw exit character, but none reported their injuries to management. So there you go. Because they're dead. Yes. All right. That, that's what we have. But we also have a couple of just bonus uh, scary bonus. stories. You know what this one is, mate? Yeah, this one's, I, this one's in there, mate. This is, this is like the chocolate thunder from down under, mate. That's right. But it's, it's a scary one, mate. Yeah, it's the strawberry scary from it's down under. true Australian Halloween ghost story, mate. It's true. This one's going out to all my mates down in uh, Australia. Yeah, down under. And my, my, even my Kiwi mates. Yeah, Kiwi's down under, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even with your, your Vegemite. <clears throat> Here we go. This story happened a few years ago on... 31st of October in Brisbane. Oh, that'd be Halloween. And even though it sounds like an Alfred Hitchcock tale, it's true. It's true. It's true. Mm, true it is. John Brad... I don't know why he would be in there, but yeah, whatever. John Bradford, a Sydney University student, was on the side of the road hitchhiking on a very dark Halloween night in the midst of a storm. He should choose better, better nights to do that. The night was rolling on and no car went by. The storm was so strong, he could hardly see a few feet ahead of him. Were they just lying there? Yeah, a few feet. Just a few of them. So you think that'd be his first clue to get out of there. <laughs> Suddenly, he saw a car slowly coming towards him and stopped. John, desperate for shelter and without thinking about it, got in the car and closed the door just to realize there was nobody behind the wheel and the engine wasn't on. Well, we know it wasn't a Prius. Why would you refer to the guy as a nobody? I mean, he's somebody. <laughs> there was a nobody behind the wheel. And the engine wasn't on because, like you said, it was a Prius. Yeah. The car started moving slowly, 
John looked at the now, road. Wait a minute. I want to stop right here because this is a true story. A, a lot cor- of people right now yeah. are thinking, no, it is. It's true. Well, there's some truth. There's no, something happened. No, everything in this story actually the happened. The car started moving slowly. John looked at the road and saw a curve approaching. Scared, he started to pray, begging for his life. Then, just before he hit the curve, a hand appeared <laughs> through the window and turned the wheel. John, paralyzed with terror, watched how the hand appeared every time they came to a curve. John saw the lights of a... Gee, uh, Scooby! <laughs> like, wow! John saw the lights of a pub down the road, so gathering strength, jumped out of the car and ran to it. Wet and out of breath, he rushed inside and asked for two shots of tequila. He then started telling everyone about Large Marge. <laughs> Tell him Large Marge sent you. <laughs> he started telling everyone about the horrible experience he went through. A silence enveloped everybody when they realized he was crying and wasn't drunk. About 15 minutes later, two guys walked into the same pub. They were also wet and out of breath. Looking around and seeing John Bradford sobbing at the bar, one said to the other, look, Bruce, there's the idiot who got in the car while we were pushing it. (laughs) That's a true story. It is a true story. Hey. 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 I was was trying to say, hey, hey, look, Bruce, uh, there's the idiot who got in your car while we were pushing it. Look at him. He's not even a kangaroo like we first thought. Oh, man. What an idiot. (laughs) All right. Final story of the 2018 Halloween edition of Weird, Weird, Weird. Here's a, a real ghost tale for Halloween. You know the Flying Dutchman. You've seen... Uh, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. No, not SpongeBob. You've seen uh, the Johnny Depp movies. Uh, the, the, yes. The, that's, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. No. The Curse of the Flying oh, Dutchman. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, 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 What's eating cry, Gilbert Grape? Crybaby. Crybaby. <laughs> What's yeah. eating Gilbert Grape? Now, what are he his, was, uh, his in, pirate uh, movies? Uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. No, he was. He was, he was yes. In, very young. He got eaten by a waterbed. Okay, so this is the real story of the Curse of the Flying Dutchman, which I was trying to say was the pirate ship featured in those movies. And in SpongeBob. The F- the Flying Dutchman is a legendary cruise ship. Uh, it's a cursed Cur- ship. Uh, <laughs> let me start that over. Flying Dutchman is a legendary cursed ship that was doomed to travel around the Cape of Good Hope in South Africa. Welcome to the Flying Dutchman. For all eternity. I'm it, your cruise director. It was made famous in the movie Pirates of the Caribbean. And SpongeBob. The legend of the Flying Dutchman started in 1641. That's about the time uh, you Don Quixote was published. That was when you were born. When a Dutch ship sank off the coast of Cape of Good Hope. The captain, Henry Vanderdecken, failed... <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> ...failed to notice the dark clouds looming. And only when he heard the lookout scream out in terror did he realize that they had sailed straight into a fierce storm. A what? A fierce storm. A fierce. Yeah, fierce. Fierce storm. How would you pronounce it, Mr. Smarty Pants? Fierce? No, a fierce. Fierce. Fierce, yeah. Not fierce. No, no, fierce. The captain and his crew battled for hours. I thought you were going to say <laughs> The captain and Tennille battled for <laughs> hours. The captain and his crew battled for hours to get out no. of the storm. Love will keep us together. Muskrat sandwich, <laughs> muskrat stew. <laughs> the captain and his crew battled for hours to get out of the storm, and at one stage, it looked like they would make it. Then they heard a sickening crunch. Someone, oh, wait, you said sickening crunch. Sorry. Someone was eating a carrot close to their ears. No, that's not it. No, no. Then they heard a sickening crunch. The ship had hit treacherous rocks and began to sink. Those are worse than regular rocks. The treacherous ones? As the ship plunged downwards, Captain Vanderdecken, 
knew that death I can't was laugh when I, when I hear that name it just makes me laugh I'm sorry knew that death was approaching he was not ready to die and screamed out a curse I will round this cape even if I have to keep sailing until the end of time oh no he shouldn't have said that so Craig even today whenever a storm brews off the cape of good hope it is said that if you look into the eye of the storm you will be you will be able to see the ship and its captain the flying dutchman the flying dutchman the legend goes that whoever sees the ship will die a terrible death oops Many people have claimed to have seen the Flying Dutchman. Including these guys that had this 888 phone number. Including the crew of a German submarine boat during World War II. Did they die? Well, let me tell you. On July 11th of nineteen of 1881, the Royal Navy ship, the Bachonet. The what? The Bachonet. The what? The Bachonet. I don't think that's how you pronounce that. Was rounding the tip of Africa when they were confronted with the sight of the Flying Dutchman. The midshipman, a prince who later became King George V., recorded that the lookout man and the officer of the watch had seen the Flying Dutchman, and he used these words to describe the ship. A strange red light as of a phantom ship all aglow, in the midst of which light the mast, spars, and sails of a brig 200 yards distant stood out in strong relief. Why don't you just say it normally? Why do they speak like that? Because it's the Halloween episode. Now, why do they speak like that back then? It's a pity that the lookout saw the Flying Dutchman, for soon after... Can I just say real quick? Yeah. This was 1881. This man had no idea in 100 years it was going to be the greatest decade. That's true. On the Oh, point. my goodness. If he just waited. 100 years <sighs> later, being part of the greatest decade of all time. All time. It's a pity that the lookout saw the Flying Dutchman, for soon after, on the same trip, he accidentally fell from the mast and died. Fortunately for the English royal family, the young midshipman survived the curse to become the King of England. Wow. That was a spooky story. (sighs) Yeah, isn't that fun? But now it's time. For the Mark Patch Top 10 Halloween Countdown. The special Halloween edition. It's the Mark Patch Top 10. We've had scary movie top 10s before, but this one is from, this one's a little more down to earth. It's from realsimple.com. You know, all these. uh, First of all, one of these isn't even a movie. I'm telling you, this is a family website that I got these from. So this is kind of like, think of this as the top 10 somewhat family friendly Halloween movies. All right, number 10. Yeah. Halloween. Oh, the original classic. Yeah, great movie. Number nine. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It's not a Halloween movie. It is. It it's is. It's like a TV show. Well, it's a Halloween TV movie special. Whatever. Thing. And Lucy, you know Lucy's going to pull the ball away. She always does. God, it makes me so mad. Oh, she's so irritating. Why does Charlie Brown creep, keep trying to kick he this stupid just, thing? He punch her in the face. <laughs> Number eight, The Haunting. <laughs> Number nine, my brother's favorite movie. Number Young nine. Fra- Number seven, my brother's favorite movie, Young Frankenstein. Great movie. That's <laughs> classic. Number six, I actually really like this movie. I'm gonna. Oh, I do too. This was a really good movie. I thought it was Sam Raimi yep. who did Evil Dead. It's yep. Drag me to heck. Yep. Drag me to Hades. <laughs> do you like how I made that like yes. family friendly? Number five, the Monster okay. Squad. Okay. I, okay. 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 I watched the Monster Squad recently because yeah. I've never seen it. It's a nineteen. It's an eighties cult movie. That okay. It's, it's a. Really, it's a silly kids movie. Yes, it is. It's got and, it's got Fred Savage in it, doesn't it? Um, no, it does have somebody. I gotta look this up. I now. thought it was Fred Savage. Mm, maybe it was, but anyway, um, so I looked it up, and it was it was actually a pretty bad movie. But it yeah. was it was such a cult following. It was a long time before most cult movies are really bad movies. If it you was think a about long it. time before the movie actually came out. I'm trying to remember who was in this movie. Um, we'll look it up real quick. I am. Um, 
Oh, Tom Noonan. He was in uh, Hell on Wheels. Noonan. That's right. He played Frankenstein. Noonan. Yeah, right? Yeah. And actually, I don't... Michael Faustino. Is that the guy from Married with Children? I don't know. I do not know, sir. I think that's him from Married... Is that him? Yeah, Married with Children. He played... There, uh, what was his name? The kid on Married I don't Children? remember. I wasn't a huge fan. Um, it's got it's got Uncle Rico in it. Uncle Rico's awesome. Yep. Um, it's got a few people you Back know. Back in '82. Yeah, <laughs> I could throw a football over that mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Back Every in time we talk about it, I want to see it. But that was 1987, and I, if you would listen to the last show, I could throw a football a quarter mile. Last, if you listen to the last show, it was also I think the year that Dirty Dancing hit theaters. <laughs> but Aaron did not know that. If Coach had just put me in, we'd have been state champs. <laughs> Number four. Number four is mine, thank you. Number four. No. It is. No, you had the Monster Squad. I had squad. Drag Me to Heck. Well, you were supposed to have that because I did Drag Me to Heck. Oh, maybe I had did. Monster okay. Squad. Number four. Go ahead. Nosferatu. <laughs> that one is scary. That it's actually, just creepy. That actually, I put on the, the talking about, uh, this is an 80s album. Remember uh, Sisters of Mercy? Yeah. Put on uh, Sisters of Mercy Floodland. Oh. A lot of choir type music, yeah. a lot of, like gothic kind of sounding. And I put that on at the beginning of, of Nosferatu and it was like, uh, it actually worked. Oh, cool. Yeah, number two. No, number three. Number three. Night of the Living Dead. But Another no, really super creepy one. That's, yeah, yeah, I'm a little concerned about number two. We talked about this before. Halloween 3 is a, is a movie that nobody liked. It's super cheese. And they mentioned that on in this article. Um, I liked it. It's the one where the it was like they, they took the piece, the bits of rock or something from like Stonehenge. They used... Yeah. It was magical, and they had a computer chip in the mask, and they were going to melt all the kids' faces at once. <laughs> yes, you talked about that yeah, recently. That's what I'm yeah. talking about, yeah. And so it, I people were mad because it had nothing to do with the other. That made me mad. I think people liked. I think people hated it the same way people liked the one Friday the 13th where you found out it wasn't really Jason. It was another guy. Yeah, that was bad. It was a double cross. Yeah. But you kind of would have known from the previous. It was a crisscross double cross, if you think about it. Crisscross applesauce double yeah, cross. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Number one, I never thought I'd see this movie on I like this movie. It's a fun movie. That was great. Number one. I feel kind of icky after top watching. Top ten creepiest Halloween movies. No, no, top, top ten, ten Halloween movies. movies. Creep show. Creep show. It had uh, Deb- Deborah Harry in it. Nope, that's Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, shoot. Uh, this had Stephen King in it. Yeah. Uh, uh, he played the grass man, yeah, the grass yeah. guy. Yeah. It had a bunch of people. Ted Danson's in it. You um, sure Deborah Harry wasn't in it? No, she's in Tales from the Dark. She's the one who wants to bake the kid. Yeah. He's yeah. in the cage. I think she again. may have been in that one, too, She though. was not, I promise you. Okay. I, I have promise to take your you. I'm going to agree to disagree. What? She's not in it. If you remember, she's in Tales from the Dark Side. She's going to bake the kid Yes, in the I oven. remember that. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. not in this I think one. she's in both. She's not. But uh, uh, Ed Harris Ed Harris is <laughs> in the first. No, Ed Harris is in the first one. The first story. Um, you got Stephen King. The oh, mystery they're, team? There are a bunch of people. Was the mystery team in it? Oh, uh, Scooby and his... Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. they would have gotten away with that, too. Well, thank you for joining us for tonight's super scary Halloween. <laughs> and, and I actually kind of like Creep, uh, Creep Show too. Tonight's episode is in 3D, so if you didn't wear your glasses, you'll have to go back and listen again. I you, meant well, to you say have that to go tell. You have to go get five of your friends to listen yeah. to this episode. Yeah, this episode—it's a 3D episode, but you got to be wearing your glasses. So and start you, it over again and tell five of your friends, or you don't actually get to hear it. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your Halloween. Have a safe one. And we will see. You know what, Craig? We'll, we'll be back in November. We'll be back. Right Shortly. The, yeah, we'll be back sometime, like he said. And uh, that's all I got. That that was a boring ending. <laughs> Don't let the castle door hit you on the way out. <laughs> <laughs>